This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Cooney. Now, crank it up. Hey, Hollywood. What's up? You better run, get away. We're going to take you down singing Viva La Victoria. The new album got released on my birthday. You got to love that. All right. So we're talking all about the new Eclipse record, Paradigm, which came out on October 11th. And like you said, it was your birthday. You were excited about that. I got it while we were out in Vegas. I downloaded it so that I could listen to it on my plane flights and my cruises and everything else that we had going on that weekend. So we're going to get into this album track by track. But before we get into all of that, I was fortunate enough to spend about 25 minutes on a Skype call with Eric Martinson, the lead singer from Eclipse. And we talked a little bit about this album being released. The conversation took place about a week before the album came out. At that point, we had only heard four tracks off the record. So that's kind of the context of this interview. Once we get through this Eric Martinson interview, you and I will come back. We'll go track by track over the Paradigm album. And then you and I will kind of rank our Eclipse records from start to finish. Sound good? Sounds good. Let's get to the interview. All right. Here's Eric Martinson from Eclipse. Hello, this is Eric Martinson from Eclipse, and you're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Steven and Hollywood. Turn it up. All right, welcome back to the Grown Up Rock Podcast, Eric Martinson. Eric, what's going on? Well, uh, a lot of stuff is actually going on. It's it's a uh, it's uh, everything from planning the tour to uh, you know doing promo, and it's yeah, it's a uh, it's a busy period, but it's also a great deal of fun. Yeah. So you've got a new record that's uh, released on October 11th on Frontiers Record called Paradigm. The first single, Viva La Victoria, has been released. You've also released three follow-up singles to that. When I read to look uh, what the description of Viva La Victoria is, it says, rallying cry to encourage people to struggle on to victory always and to never give up. Where did that title come to you guys? That's a really good question. We wrote the song, uh, Magnus, the guitar player, and me in my studio. We sat down, you know, in, in the songwriting sessions, and we, we came up with this song. I had the riff and I had the verse, but we didn't have a chorus. So we wrote the chorus, and somehow we just ended up singing Viva la Victoria for no reason at all. And it, it just stuck with us. Yes, we just, we could, we tried to change the title, but it's just nothing was better than Viva la Victoria. So we just, 
okay, let's base the lyrics just around that sentence, that Spanish sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. And I watched the video. It looks like to me, maybe you guys recorded all the videos at a similar time in a similar location. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. We did it. We did two videos on the same day. That's a record, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they just give you a wardrobe change, right? Ah, kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to have several days, but you know, we did the first one. It's like, well, we're done. Let's do another one. Yeah, you got time to spare. Might as well knock it out. Where was that warehouse located? I was uh, in, in the south of Sweden. It's actually pretty far away from where I live. I have like a seven-hour hours drive from where I live. So, uh, yeah, it was a, an old, um, I don't know what it's called in English. They made paper there. Yeah, just an old factory. Yeah. So nowadays with bands talking about doing new music and doing new albums, there's a lot of debate back and forth as to whether bands want to release a full CD or an EP or a single, and things are quite a bit different. What is the decision on Eclipse's part to release a full-length CD versus like an EP or something of that nature? Well, we are old school rockers and I love albums. I think an album is perfect because it's it's kind of a, a diary over uh, a band's what they were musically and uh, mus as musicians during that period when they wrote it. And I think I really like that because, you know, so it's um, I think an album should also be written in, in not too long time frame. I, th I think you should the writing session and the recordings should be, you know, kind of quick because that's how you get the feeling of the vibe that the band is currently at. And I, that's what we love, you know, albums. And um, But still, we got to make a, you know, you know, try to adapt to the new way of listening because people listening are listening to songs on playlists a lot these days. So we, that's why we, re we released one single at, four weeks later, another single, four weeks later, another single. So it's, uh, but uh, for us, the real album is coming out on the 11th year. That's what we're aiming for. We want albums. Right. So speaking of albums, are there any plans to release vinyl? I saw that you released a Viva La Victoria 12-inch picture disc, which is pretty cool. But what about the actual vinyl? Who releases a picture disc, a 12-inch picture disc of one song? But it was, it was a cool idea, so we had to do it. But there is vinyls, of course, of the album. It's, I think it's both black vinyl and in white vinyl as well. Okay. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, uh, I can remember purchasing picture disc of Iron Maiden and Metallica had a Creeping Death picture disc that I bought. And I think I think I bought one from Wasp as well. So there, there was something cool back in the day about a picture disc with some cool songs. It, it was kind of a collector's item, so to speak, you know? Absolutely. And it's the same thing with this one. Uh, and, and, the inspiration for us was also, you know, when when this idea came up, we just we just loved it because I remember as a as a as a child, all these picture discs you can see in a record store. They were always too expensive to buy, but you always wanted them. You used to look staring at them because it was so cool. Right. So on this record, were there any co-writes on this record that you did with some friends like uh, maybe Ronnie Atkins or Jeff Scott Soto? Any of your your rocker buddies? Yeah, we did a lot of co-writes, not with uh, either uh, Ronnie or uh, Jeff, but with uh, I have friends that I write with. So uh, it's, it's it's Magnus, the guitar player. It's myself, and from time to time, uh, I write lyrics with another guy, and or we bring in other friends to write with us. Because I always think that if there are more writers, it's always good for the diversity of the record. 
Yeah, absolutely. It gives you a different perspective and uh, input. So yeah, I agree with that 100%. You're preparing for a big European tour coming up. Uh, I think you're calling it the Viva La Victoire. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, Viva La Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a lot of dates and there, it's all European and some Japanese dates as well. But when you guys go out on a headlining tour like this, what size places are you playing? Oh, it's depending on, on which country and, and also which city. So, because you know, in some cities there are, you know, we have a bigger following than in others. Right. So when we play like Stockholm, is the capacity is maybe nine hundred. Okay. When we play Gothenburg in Sweden, we maybe have a, a thousand, a twelve hundred. Okay. And there are also very small rock clubs. You know, in, in a place called Bastard Club is an old like a punk rock. Right, rock club. It's it smells like mold. It's uh, very small, but it's a really cool place. So it's, it's everything from small places to you know you know pretty big venues for us. Right, that's the same thing for all bands. You know, uh, there's so many great bands that play these small clubs around Europe as well. So uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's it's actually pretty cool to play them. Yeah, I think for me as a U.S. guy, right, it's hard for me to gauge the size of uh, certain bands that are European. A lot of bands that I love are European bands. And I know that it's building a following and that's why we're here to push Eclipse on the US market and make people aware of how great this band is. But I can't gauge how big the band is in Europe because I don't spend any time there. So I wanted to hear from you whether you're playing, you know, 1200 seater, 500 seaters, uh, clubs and you answered that for me but uh, unless you're a big name you never know how to gauge the size of a band that's not from the u.s you know yeah we are this whole genre is, is still underground rock music yeah it, it, this is not the music that's played on the on the, on the charts yeah, you know there's some bands are big yeah you know when we play in madrid or in barcelona and when we play in spain we can, it's, I guess it's a thousand people each night, yeah. which is a, it's a big concert for us. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. And, uh, in some territories, like in Germany, we haven't played that much. We've been playing, you know, some dates on off during the years, but now we just focused on just playing a lot of shows in Germany, for instance, which means you got to start at the bottom. You got to work yourself up. If we should go to America and play live, I guess we would start at the you know the lowest bottom and the smallest bars and just work ourselves up because you know you never get good gigs on the it's it's hard work in this playing rock and roll is paying your dues and on the on the road and and you know yeah work and yeah no no doubt i saw uh that you have a few dates at the end of the tour i think in japan is that a new fan base for you there or do you have some fan base that's already established there in japan We've been there uh, two times before, so this is going to be our third visit to Japan. It's awesome to play over there. It's Japan is very different from from Europe or US. It's fantastic to be there. Yeah, and it seems like you're a band that would go over well with the uh, Japanese because they like sure. their rock and roll, you know. Yeah, they like rock and roll as well. So I think there are maybe coming up some US dates as well, and uh, and we're going to play, and we're also going to play in Australia. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, it's such a privilege to travel around and, and meet you know music lovers around the world. It's fantastic. Yeah, speaking of which, last year you guys bought us out and you played the Monsters of Rock cruise in 2019. And you know, for myself and my co-hosts, 
Eclipse was probably the one name that got us both on the boat. I think I told you that in the last time you were on the show. Yeah. And you didn't disappoint. We loved it. We thought you guys were amazing. And a lot of the uh, people that were on the ship, of course, thought the exact same thing. And we've been uh, pushing for you to try and get back on 2020. And I did see that there's a slight break in the Viva Victoria uh, tour. So uh, any news for us? Are you going to be on uh, the 2020 cruise? The 2020 cruise is not going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, we have been in discussions with them. You know, we've been approached by them, and uh, but we already have gigs booked, so we cannot be able to come back to Europe and play them. And once, if you have gigs booked, you don't, you know, you cannot cancel yeah. your own gig. Even if it's smaller gigs, you cannot cancel them because that's, you know, that's that's pretty rude. Sure. So uh, hopefully, 2021. Okay, we'll miss you this year. <laughs> Yeah, I will miss it too. It's It was fantastic to be on the boat. It was a great experience. Awesome. So tell us more about this record. You've released four songs so far. Out of the four songs, my personal favorite, I think, is probably Mary Lee, is probably my favorite out of the four so far. Do you have one that you think represents the album as a whole out of those four songs? Uh, well... They are all very different from each other, and I think that's kind of represents the band because we we you know we do we do songs that's quite different. You know, Mary Lee is more like a classic rock up tempo, right? Rock you know rock song, and I, I love it. You know the the guitar solo is very inspired by you know Ace Freely from Kiss, and there's some ACDC riffing going on as well. So it's it's a it's a mixture of all the things we love about rock and roll, and um, also Viva La Victoria is. I think I said once before that if you would boil down Eclipse, that that is the the essence of Eclipse. It's very melodic. It's heavy riffing and everything, like Viva La Victoria. So I think that's it's a, if you if you want to know how does Eclipse sound like, and uh, I think you should listen to Viva La Victoria.
album and there was no consensus at all on which songs should be the singles at all we couldn't agree at all within the band within the label with the label um we even had a a poll asking friends 30 different people to you know name your favorite songs and every song was chosen as the first single by someone so <laughs> it wasn't so you know there's a lot of great songs still to come on the record whose decision uh was it to release united as the first single it wasn't supposed to be the first single it was uh, it was actually by mistake heard by someone who works for a you know, eSport, what's it called? It's a promoter for eSports. They call DreamHack uh-huh. and do these huge uh, eSports events with the, you know, Counter-Strike and stuff, you know, online. You know, they, play, they have like tournaments of playing um, eSports. That's actually computer games, it means. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but they, they have this huge event. It's what, like, like a world championship championship for, uh, for ladies. And um, she has heard the song show. I want that song to be the the main theme song of the whole uh, event, and we we're like, yeah, that's that's cool. So as they had it on their event, we just ah, we might as well release it as a single as well. Right. It was never supposed to be a first single. So was the first single actually going to be "Viva La Victoria"? Yeah, that was supposed to be the first one. Okay, yeah, and then this past weekend, I think you released uh, "Masquerade," which was in line with Viva La Victoria in terms of the type of song and everything. And, uh, it's a fantastic song as well. It's, yeah. So it's our take on heaven and hell with black Sabbath. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get that, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of the deal in that song. Yeah. It's a good tune. So you guys, you're down one Magnus. Magnus, your bass player, I saw a post that you uh, that he has uh, left the band and you've got a new bass player? Yes, we got a new bass player. It's not official yet. We will reveal it later. He's coming in for the tour. So uh, yeah, it's going to be great, I think. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about there? What, what happened there? It's been going on for a long time. You know, being with a band is like having a second family or a second marriage it's like it takes so much time and so much uh, effort it's it's a lot of hard work being mm-hmm. in a band uh, everyone who's been in a band knows that and uh, he couldn't combine it with his family life and everything so we just thought it was better to go separate ways yeah understood so now when you get ready for this tour and you're playing a lot of dates and you're playing uh you know either every night or every other night or every few nights what do you do to keep your voice fresh and healthy do you do anything in particular do you warm up do you treat things differently number one number one rule don't get wasted every night <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's, rule that's the first rule, that's the first rule. Uh, if you start do, going down that route then you you will not have a voice after a few days so uh, you gotta you know Take it pretty calm with the drinking and try not to, you know, scream and, and, and talk with fans all the time after the gigs and um, try to get some sl- good sleep. But after a while, you know, you get really worn down in the voice after, especially we're going to play 18 days on this tour and we only have three days off, which means it's almost every night. So it's going to be insane. But you get really worn down in the voice. But if you don't get sick, it will usually work out pretty well. Yeah. So when you're releasing a new album like this record that just came out, do you sit with Frontiers Records and determine a marketing plan or do they just kind of come to you and say, this is what we're planning on doing? How does that, how does that work? 
we talk about it a lot and we, we make a, a plan together and it's uh, it's personalized for the band the whole marketing plan so it's um, it's really nice frontiers has done a really good job it's a, it's a great label and they have really done a lot for this music genre and they've been doing a lot for us as eclipse as well so it's, it's a great working relationship i couldn't agree with you more i think uh you obviously you've shown that you have a pretty good relationship with uh frontiers and you've gone off and done a lot of uh side projects and things like that uh that are also on uh frontiers which uh we also happen to support here on the show and love so are there any plans, you know, it's kind of funny asking you this since you're really getting ready to kick off the eclipse and all that other stuff, but I'm asking uh, more so in the future, are there plans to do a new ammunition record or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are always plans on making new records. We're also discussing a new wet record. Uh, we've been discussing a new Nordic Union, but Nordic Union is uh, Ronnie Atkins has unfortunately been uh, diagnosed with uh, lung cancer, yeah. which is really bad. And uh, so let's see what what happens. Because fingers crossed, he, he you know he gets out of it alive before we can continue with Nordic Union. So it's. Um, yeah, we, we hope the same. We saw that uh, diagnosis for Ronnie Atkins recently, and, you know, Pretty Maids, they were uh, scheduled to be on the Monsters of Rock cruise, and they haven't canceled yet. They basically just kind of put things on hold until January so far to see how Ronnie responds to to treatments. Yeah, I've been knowing about this for uh, almost a month, yeah. and uh, but it's, um, yeah, Fingers crossed this, you know, I really hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you like to see as the next steps for building the plateau for Eclipse? With this latest record that has been released, Paradigm, where do you see the band's next steps in terms of growth? I think it's a, it's a fantastic record. I think that is a fantastic base for building around at the moment. And I think it's a, by far the best record we've ever done. And now it's like it's going to be full speed ahead, just doing live shows, work our ass off to try to build the band for, you know, for every gig, gig by gig, small steps, just, you know, make the band grow. And I think that's it's a lot of hard work. That's what's in the pipeline for us. Right. Yeah. And, and it's been really paying off. If you look at uh, streams and Spotify, you know, we have been growing like 400% since we started releasing the singles. So there is absolutely a huge difference in, in in the interest in the band for this record if you compare them to the previous records well and it's uh it's nice that eclipse goes the extra mile and puts together their own eclipse spotify playlist so you can <laughs> you can pick one of uh two or three playlists and uh just listen to eclipse it, do you guys have a hand in any of that or is that the label that just kind of puts that together no, we've been doing some of them. I think we, there are some personalized playlists, like one for each member, and uh, but also Spotify by themselves are you know it's you never know. Sometimes they just put us on playlists, and and it, it everything by the, is that is done by Spotify themselves. Not even the label has any control over that. So if they put us in a playlist with a million listeners, if Spotify if someone likes it, it's like the modern radio. So that's how it works. So, yeah, it's like being playlists on a big radio station. 
Well, you're on the Growing Up Rock podcast Spotify playlist, so... Uh, oh, that's wonderful. You made our playlist. <laughs> but listen, before we let you go, because I want to be respectful of your time, I got a fun question here. So you had a real shitty day. Is there a band or a comedian that you listened to to instantly put a smile on your face? If I had a bad day, oh, there's a lot of music I would listen to. I'm going to say a boring answer, but it's, it's probably the one I would listen to. It's, it's probably Power Age with ACDC. <laughs> Puts a smile on your face, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So this record, Paradigm, it came out October 11th. As people are hearing this interview, the record is out there and available. Uh, you can pick that record up wherever you pick up your records. I'm sure it's available on Amazon. It's available on the Frontiers website. It's available on the Eclipse website. We'll tie the links to the record in our show notes and uh, Eric, you want to pick an Eclipse song off the latest record, pick a good rock and roller? Uh, a good rock and roller. Well, one of my favorite songs is called Blood Wants Blood.
go for a song called delirious how about we just play them both <laughs> yeah do, do both then you get a you get, you get best of both worlds you know? all right let's start it off with delirious from the new eclipse record paradigm here's delirious eric thanks so much for joining us we will talk to you soon be safe out on the road wonderful wonderful have a great evening
All right, so you just heard the Eric Martinson interview, and we ended that with a song called Delirious from the latest album, Paradigm, which I absolutely love that song. We'll find out where that ranks. How do you feel about that tune there, uh, Hollywood? It ranked well in my scoring system when we go over it. All right. So what did you think about the uh, interview with Eric? Uh, I thought the interview was great. You know, the couple of things I picked up, he called themselves old school rockers. I 100% agree with that. It was interesting to hear he was trying to get on playlists. And man, the Spotify playlist done by some you know anonymous person at Spotify that can drop you on a playlist and get you a million listens because you're on the right playlist has a tremendous amount of power today. That's for damn sure. And uh, sounds like there's somebody at Spotify that's an Eclipse fan because it's helping them out. So that's good. The part that just killed me. And I mean, when I heard the raw edit, you know, a couple of times that you sent me. And I'm just like hearing him say they're still underground rock just gives me this ugh in my stomach, right? It's like, God, like, what do you got to do? They're on their seventh album. And the lead singer and songwriter, which he's absolutely right, is still considered underground rock. I just, I don't understand this world. Yeah, and I think the biggest aha moment for me was, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about how big of a rock scene is going on in Sweden and how all these bands are coming out of Sweden right now. And Eclipse certainly is one of those premier bands in Sweden. But even he told you, hey, we're still playing 500 seaters or 700 seaters even here at home. We're not, you know, it's not like they come to the States and they're playing small places. And then all of a sudden in Sweden, their home country, they're playing, you know, 10,000 seaters. It isn't like that at all. And I think that was an aha moment for me because what a lot of people probably don't know is that Eric Martinson, he's in Eclipse, but he also owns a studio, Blowout Productions, and they produce a lot of the great bands coming out of Sweden right now. And in fact, Eric is a part of Wet and he's a part of a band called Nordic Union uh, with the guy from Pretty Maids. And they produce all these other bands that you and I have spent time listening to. And would you agree a lot of that stuff that's coming out of Blowout Productions and Blowout Studios is great shit, right? I mean, I just heard one of my favorite singers just released an album, and I'm like, man, I wish Eric Martinson would have produced this. It sounds so much better right now. I mean, they're making magic with that stuff. And I get what you're saying about the aha moment of, you know, they're playing to 500 people, 1,000 people. But I think you also got to take into account that there's 350 million people in the U.S. Sweden maybe has 25 to 30 million. So, you know, although their pocketbook shows 500 people showed up to the show, reality is that'd be like 5,000 people here. That's not exactly killing it here either, but that's rival sons, hailstorm type territory though, which is pretty good territory in the U.S. You get what I mean? Because Spain's got the same problem. Any place in Europe, any kind of country slash city they're going to go to, the population is going to be 10th of what the U.S. is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great point. And you know, I don't know. I just, I, I hate to see 
stuff like this go by the wayside. And this is one of the main reasons that this podcast exists is, is in the, the hope that we can reach somebody either in the U.S. or in Australia or in the U.K. that will get turned on to some of this stuff. I mean, we can talk to you all day long about Van Halen and Led Zeppelin and, you know, all these bands that are mega bands. But really and truly, I think... I like shining the spotlight on stuff like this that a few people have heard of, but not enough people have heard of, you know? And I'm with you. And, you know, Michael Sweet being an example, he released his new album the same day that Eclipsed it on, on October 11th, right? About two days ago. So now that's only, what, nine to ten days after the album release at the time of this recording. He's on Facebook saying, you know, what do you got to do to get people interested in the album? It's a shame that people put their heart and soul in something and people forget about it immediately. God, in nine days? In nine days, all that work he put in is shit? Like, that's hard to swallow as a musician, I'm sure. Yeah, of course it is. And they keep doing it because that's really, that's all they know. And it's it's like a a thing. They have to do it, right? They have to create because it's in their blood. So, yeah, I think that's why you have the more classic rockers or, you know, nostalgia acts or whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm not sure I disagree with those guys saying, I don't need to put any new music out. Why would I want to go through that heartache? I'm getting the gig I'm getting because of my hit in 1987 anyway. Yeah, most definitely. Well, both you and I saw Eclipse last year on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Uh, I think both of us have met the guys in the band. You had the opportunity to meet some of them on the boat, right? Uh, yeah, and I would say hands down, because I had already seen Richie Kotzen and Jeff Scott Soto live before, right. hands down they were the best band and the freshest band and the most exciting band on the ship. And that's a ship that had Y&T, Tesla, like all these, all these great bands that I love, but I've seen before, and they were still great, but man, Eclipse had something special. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Even my wife liked them and, you know, she's not <laughs> she's not a huge rock fan, but even she enjoyed the Eclipse both Eclipse shows cuz we went to both of them. And the guys in the band are all super nice. Had great times talking to Eric and Magnus and all those guys and, you know, I had met them before in Atlanta when I did the interview. Uh, last year or the year before last, whenever that was, that last interview, look it up in the Grown Up Rock archives because it's a great interview with three of the guys in the band. And uh, Sonny and I go through some of our favorite tunes at the time. But this episode, we're going to spotlight the newest album, Paradigm, which is out on Frontiers Records as we speak. It came out October 11th. We urge people to go out there, pick up this record, uh, in fact, we we will urge you to go out and pick up all the Eclipse catalog, and we'll be going through all the catalog tonight, or most of the catalog, I should say, and we'll rank our records. But first, let's talk about Paradigm. So how do you want to do this? You want to just go track by track and discuss each song, uh, and then at the end, we'll kind of just rank those records, or, or how do you want to do this? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, so Paradigm kicks off with the second single that they released, which is Viva La Victoria. So Viva La Victoria kicks off the album. How do you feel about this song? So what I did on all of these songs for all the albums, because I listened to them a couple of times, 
I, you know, I got to put numbers to it, right? Because I'm a numbers nerd. So I said, all right, if I didn't like the song, it gets a zero. If it's meh to me, it gets like a half a point. If it's good, it gets like a three quarters of a point. If it's something I would put on one of my playlists and listen to over and over, it gets a point. And if it's a song I can't live without, which there are times where I hear a song and I'm like, oh man, I think that's going to be on my song I can't live without list. It got a point and a quarter. So for me, Viva La Victoria got a point, which means I would put it on a playlist. It's got that big chorus arena type feel. This thing is going to be all over soccer stadiums. I'm telling you, this thing has got 1999 type resonance written all over it. Yeah, so I tend to agree. I like Viva La Victoria quite a bit. I did the same type point system, not the same exact point system you did, but I have my own point system. And for me, this song came out with pretty high marks. Uh, I enjoyed it. My only comment was I didn't feel like when you're listening to an album front to back, sequencing is very important to me. All the great albums of the past, I always thought about sequencing the way the tracks came on the album. And Viva La Victoria, to me, just doesn't necessarily feel like a lead-off track for me. I enjoy the song, love it, just would have moved it maybe down to number two position in the record, maybe even number three, but uh, love the song. All right, next up, Mary Lee. So for me, it's the best song on the album, and this is going to go straight to my Can't Live Without list. It is so super catchy. I've been humming this damn song for days. It's supremely awesome. And uh, Eric, you can hear it from Hollywood. I don't give a shit how it's sequenced. Good music, good music. It doesn't matter where it is. Uh, thank you. Uh, and you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So a very, very rare occasion here. And it'll probably never happen on the podcast ever again. But Sonny and I are in sync on this uh not the actual band but just in actuality of being in line with each other's brain waves and mary lee is my absolute favorite on this record as well i love it it was the third single that they released and i loved it from the first time i heard it it goes on a playlist immediately absolutely my favorite song on this record blood wants blood you heard from eric martinson during the interview this is one of his favorites on the record it's the number three track on the record how do you feel about blood wants blood i uh, love the chorus i thought the guitar solo was awesome it was one of my top five on the record too it was good to hear because a lot of times what will happen is I'll listen to a record three, four times. Okay, those are songs I like. Those songs are meh. And maybe you come across stuff you don't like. And then we'll interview somebody, and they say the exact opposite of what I think. It was nice to hear that the two songs he picked were my top five, too. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, so Blood Wants Blood, for me, was a little bit less in the rating system. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I just, just to say I didn't like it as much as Viva La Victoria or Mary Lee, that's all. But I still enjoyed it. Here's one thing that I want to try to get across and see if you can understand what I'm trying to say because I don't know quite how to say this, but Blood Wants Blood and Viva La Victoria have this weird, like, Spanish, Western 
twangy guitar riff feel to them. And it's the very kind of first thing you hear. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Not a clue. But half the people on the planet don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, well, I knew it was going to be hard for me to kind of get this across in words. I have to like play the song and point it out. But it's that it's that guitar riff that is like it's at the very beginning. It's kind of like the really twangy guitar thing. Uh, There's something that kind of bugs me about that. And it's on both of those songs on Viva La Victoria and again on Blood Wants Blood. Uh, and if anybody out there are listening to me try to explain this shit and has heard the album and understands what I'm saying, then by all means, go to the Facebook page and tell me they get what I'm trying to say, or you'll tell me that I'm insane and you don't understand anything I'm trying to say. <laughs> Here, I'll take a shot. And This might be way off kilter, but uh, because I've listened to so much Eclipse over the last two weeks, I might have an inkling what you're talking about. And what it is, is Eric likes setting a mood first and then blasting into the song where you could just blast into the song. You don't need the 10 second, 25 second musical interlude to set the mood. Now, I don't know, maybe in Europe you do in the U S we just want to kind of get to it. You know, that I don't need the foreplay, just get to it kind of thing. (laughs) So maybe that's it. It doesn't really bug me, but at times it's just like, luckily the songs are still only three or four minutes long. If the songs started getting six, seven minutes long, I'd be like, Eric, stop with the musical interludes. I don't need them. Yes, but that's not exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm talking about an actual guitar line and maybe riff isn't the right word. I'm not a musician. So it's this guitar sequence line that sounds very Spanishy, very Westerny, very European, and it has a particular feel. And if I listen to the song, I could point it out what I'm talking about, but it's at the very beginning of both of these tunes, and it's just something about it. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let me let me let me give something loose cannon can clip. You're not a musician, you're not a magician, you're not a mathematician, you're just stupid. There, you can clip that. <laughs> And loose, use that wherever you want. Oh, Hollywood, bite <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, on to track number four, Shelter Me. <laughs> um, this song was probably my least favorite. I still gave it a half a point, but uh, it's just okay. I like the verses better than the chorus, but uh, I remember thinking, I'm like, okay, song's okay. But I remember thinking, oh my God, I just love Eric's vocal tone. And I can tell you, there's not a lot of bands that I can listen to for two weeks straight without getting sick of it. And it's Eric's vocal tone that continues to keep me interested in Eclipse. So Shelter Me for me, I identified with the words a little bit. I I did like the lyrics and I'm not typically a lyric guy. I agree with you on in terms of the song wasn't my favorite. It's not my least favorite on the record, but it's it's definitely not my favorite So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's listenable, but I identified with the lyrics and uh, I think Eric sings it great. Uh, So, yeah, it's, it is what it is. On to the first single that they released off this record, which is called United. And you heard in the interview, I talked to Eric a little bit about this. He said, hey, you know, they wanted to use it as a promotional for this 
thing over in Europe, and, and that's why they ended up releasing this as a single. What are your thoughts on this song? First of all, I thought the story was great, and it's got the same. I heard the story after I heard some of these songs, and that whole you know, all for one, one for all, that theme is cool. It's got the same big stadium, Viva La Victoria soccer stadium, bumper music style. Viva La Victoria is a better song to me, but I love the verses better than Viva La Victoria, but I like the chorus in Viva better than this one. But I think they're both hit that bang zone of if you were trying to write a song that they could play at NFL games, you did a good job with both of them. Yeah, so when this song first came out, I was a little meh on it. I don't love this song. I've grown to like it a little bit more the more I've heard it. I absolutely do not like the fact that Shelter Me and United are back-to-back. I think that that is not a good sequencing. Yes, I'll talk about sequencing again, but it brings no the one cares. No one cares. No one cares. Oh, fuck it, idiot. You don't care. I care. No one cares. No one cares. How oh, bull. Oh, fuck it, idiot. If you listen to singles, then okay, nobody cares. But if you listen to an album from front to back, then you care. And for me, Shelter Me and United Back to Back did not work. I would have loved to have heard United maybe as the number three track on the record and Shelter Me maybe further down in the record somewhere just to break it up a little bit. So United, I got the story. I think I understand it much better now that he's told me that story. And so, like I said, I like the song a little bit better than I first did when I heard it. Uh, But that's where I stand on this song. Next up, Delirious. Uh, This one's in my top three for sure, and it had everything that I love in a song. Great vocals. It felt a little power pop. It's got the gritty guitar riff. It's got big backing vocals and an Yngwie guitar solo. Dude, I was sold on the song the minute I heard it. I was like, okay, this is, it wasn't better than Mary Lee, but it was damn close. Yeah, so Delirious is a great rocker. Absolutely love this tune. Uh, one of my favorites on the record as well. There's nothing I can say. If you, if you have been with the clips from the beginning, I would say that this is definitely prototypical Eclipse. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. I love this song. Great song. Uh, next up, When the Winter Ends. So this is where in the record, I would probably blow your head off if I said I listened to the record on shuffle because, you know, I didn't listen to it from front to back. So how dare I, but I did listen to it front to back. By the time I got to this song, I was like, okay, it's good, but there's nothing super special about it. Right. And it's unfair to Eric and Eclipse for me to be looking for something super special every time an Eclipse song releases. For some reason, all of a sudden it being good, isn't good enough. So that's unfair. It is a good song. There's no doubt about it. But uh, when I compare it against Delirious or Viva La Victoria or Mary Lee, those are much better songs than this one. Yep. Once again, Sonny and I are in sync. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. Sing it, Sonny. Anyway. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Timberlake just stopped listening. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. uh, When the Winter Ends uh, was okay. and, And I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, I think it's a decent song, just not one of my favorites on the record. And um, 
I, I like to hear Eclipse rock a little bit more. Uh, that's nothing new. That's my characteristics anyway. Anybody that listens to the show knows me as a host knows I like to rock and roll. So that's where I'm coming from with this. On to 38 or 44. Love the guitar riff in the verse. That's the part that really caught me. I didn't quite understand the whole song uh, lyric-wise, so so what? And it was the first time I really noticed like the drums were like driving the song, uh, which uh, definitely connected with me. So, uh, Eric, I don't have a clue what the song's about. I'm assuming since it's a 38 or 44 or 22, you're talking about guns, but I don't know that for sure, but it's a good song anyway. Yeah, so I don't know that for sure either, but the way that it's listed on the track listing, it's absolutely guns. Point thirty-eight or point forty-four is uh, definitely a gun. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and confirm that for Eric, uh, since he is a personal friend of mine. <laughs> and Eric's listening right now, going, and he's completely wrong. And ninety percent of the time, he usually is wrong. So now it has been confirmed. If Eric's listening, he's probably like, who's this bozo and why is he talking about this song? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was a, a decent song. I like the driving sound of it, but um, uh, it falls a little bit short of my top songs list on this record. So uh, that's kind of where I stand with 38 or, or 44. Next up, Never Gonna Be Like You. Uh, love the verses. Love the chorus. Similar to When the Winter Ends, it's just not really any different than anything else that's going on. So there is nothing about this song that really stands out. Um, that being said, it's a good Eclipse song. There's no doubt. Yep. Uh, same for me. Uh, there's nothing definitely that stands out with this song. Um, I thought it was middle of the pack for me as far as the rest of the songs on the record goes maybe a little bit further towards the bottom uh as it is on this record um but just um it's not not one of my favorites on the record next up the masquerade which was the fourth single they released off this record uh how do you feel about the masquerade so here's where like i said it's unfair that every time I hear a new Eclipse song that I'm looking for this new thing mastered and it's going to be super awesome. And then they drop something like the Masquerade, which is exactly what I'm looking for. New thing, super awesome. It's epic. It's catchy. It, it, awesome chorus. The guitar solo is great. The vocal melody is great. It's got part queen feel, part you know, just kind of a Scorpions, ACDC feel. Like, it's got all the mixes of music I absolutely love. Second favorite song on the record. I uh, love it as well. Got the highest marks from me right alongside Mary Lee and Viva La Victoria and Delirious. Love the masquerade. The guitar solo in it is blazing. And in fact, some of the guitar solos on this record are freaking outstanding. Magnus does a fantastic job on laying down some of the solos on this record. Masquerade stands out, and so does the solo in Viva La Victoria, I think is fantastic. There are others as well, but there's some great shredding going on on this record. The Masquerade, I, I guess, is, is just another sign of that. All right, next up, 
Take Me Home, the final track on the record, unless you got the bonus CD. I think they do an acoustic version of this maybe at the end, but for all intents and purposes, Take Me Home is the final song on this record. And I don't know if you noticed this when we're going through, but pretty much if you cut out like all the bonus stuff and all the uh, special records, pretty much uh, all the records have exactly 11 tracks on it. Did you happen to notice that? Yeah, I figured they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, it made it really, really simple to go through these records and rate the songs and come up with a ranking system for the records. But Take Me Home, the final song. Give us your thoughts on Take Me Home. Uh, Liked it. Loved the verses more than the chorus. It didn't make my top five. But uh, within my scoring system, these 11 songs could have scored 100%, and it ranked out at 90.4. So... Even with all the things that I'm saying, eh, I didn't like that so much, Lo- you know, like that better, blah, blah, blah. It still landed at a 90.4. Half my Kiss catalog wouldn't rank at 90.4. So it's a good album. It's worth listening to. Take Me Home for me was uh, sort of uh, not the strongest way to finish out a record. It's an okay song, but that's my feelings on it. Overall, this record is a very solid record. Where does it rank in terms of the rest of the Eclipse records? We'll kind of get into that. For me, my final thoughts on this record is that, obviously, I said it earlier, I would have sequenced the songs a little bit differently. And for me, there's no great lead-off track. So if you listen to Bleed and Scream, Armageddon Eyes, Monumentum, there are really, really kick-ass lead-off tracks on those records. And for me, Viva La Victoria would have been better suited, as much as I like the song, would have been better suited a little bit deeper in the record and not as a lead-off track. That's my personal thoughts. Delirious possibly could have been a lead-off track, but I like it a little bit later on in the record because it kind of gives the record a kick in the ass midway through. So I like where Delirious is. I would love to hear like a really great kick-ass lead-off track on this record and the sequencing a little bit different for me. But overall, it's a solid Eclipse record. I would tell people to go out and get it and check it out, and then we'll get into the ranking overall here in just a second. Any final thoughts on this record here, Hollywood? Uh, You're completely wrong. Viva La Victoria is a great kickoff track, uh, very similar to... Uh, Vertigo kicking off Monumentum. They have great kickoff tracks. There's absolutely no doubt. Eric, your buddy here is just stupid. Well, I got to be stupid and wrong. Why can't I just have my opinion, Hollywood? Uh, You can't have your opinion when you don't know what day of the week the week starts. That's for another topic a different day. I'm still pissed. We'll get into all that on the next episode. But (laughs) but anyway. And I say you're stupid with the most love that I could possibly say it with. Whatever, fucko. (laughs) And I say that with the most love ever. As it is a term of endearment. (laughs) All right. So we're ready to jump into our overall ranking of the Eclipse Records. We're not going to do... What did we agree not to do? They had like an EP out early on. Uh, We're not doing that. And then they had something else, right? We're covering... Okay, completely wrong again. So they had two full albums. Tell me what we're covering. We're covering Bleed and Scream. Yeah. We're covering Are You Ready to Rock? We're covering Armageddon Eyes. 
we're covering monumentum and we're covering paradigm correct correct and okay. there's two full-length albums we are not covering and that's second to none and a truth and a little more Neither one was an EP. They're full records. Okay. Uh, and we're not covering them mainly because they weren't on Spotify and I don't own them. <laughs> nice. See that, Eric? I own them and I think they're good. Oh, where'd you get them? <laughs> I have them. All right. Well, you didn't share them with me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So uh, how do we want to do this? We, you just want to... I guess just tell us where how you rank those records from uh, five to one and give us your favorite track off of each record. Can you do that? Yeah. So the, the two records that we didn't do, I will tell you that if you start from the beginning from 2001, A Truth and A Little More, and you go all the way to Paradigm, you feel the growth. You feel a huge growth spurt between Second to None and Are You Ready to Rock? And you feel a different change of who the band is and what the band becomes because they go really from a journey, survivor, kind of AOR-type rock to a melodic, almost rock-slash-metal, which we've known Eclipse to become, and that's the Eclipse, honestly, that I like the best. So my top five, number five, was Are You Ready to Rock? It got released in 2008. It got remixed in 2014. In my scoring system, it scored at 83%. My favorite song on there is Breaking My Heart Again. I will tell you, the remix is way better. It was a smart idea to remix this album right after they had had the success with Bleed and Scream, and they re-released it in 2014 and just kind of remixed it, and uh, the production's awesome. My fourth ended up being Paradigm at 90%, and we talked about that a bunch already. My third, Armageddonized, it ended up at 90.9%. Favorite songs, I Don't Want to Say I'm Sorry. Uh, there's probably, you know, Love Bites is probably my uh, least favorite on there, but the rest of it's rock solid, and there's three bonus acoustic songs that are unbelievable, and the guitarists on that whole record are crazy. Number two for me was Monumentum at 93%. Favorite song is Vertigo. My second, like 1B, is Never Look Back. Probably Hurt is probably the one that I don't like as much. All the other songs are super solid. And then my number one, which came in at 97%, I would say almost a perfect record, is Bleed and Scream. Favorite songs, Wake Me Up. And, you know, this is, if you've never heard Eclipse and you want to give them a shot, you can really start at any of these albums if you if you want, but if you start with Bleeding Scream, you will fall in love by the time you are done with the record. Eight out of the 11 songs on that thing could be on a greatest hits Eclipse record, no doubt. All right, so there you have it. Hollywood's ranking of the Eclipse records. Now it's my turn. So coming in at number five, and like Sonny said, if you listen to these records from start to finish, you really can see the progression of the band. And for me, the number five record, although it's produced great, just song-wise and for my personal taste, is going to be Paradigm. Still a great record, but it comes in at number five for me just because I've always said I'm a little bit more just straight-ahead rock and roll. I like melody. I like melodic rock, but I got to have those guitars. It's super important to me. And Paradigm, 
My favorite song by far is Mary Lee, just like I said. It's got some great stuff on it. It should not be skipped. It should absolutely be checked out by even the most modest Eclipse fan because I still think that there's some great material on it. Coming in at number four for me is Are You Ready to Rock? Are You Ready to Rock had some great songs on it. It's just more of a straight-ahead rock record. You can tell that they're just kind of figuring themselves out at this point and what they want to become, and they're experimenting with mixing a little bit more melody in with it. There are times where it feels a little bit heavy on the white snake side or even the deep purple side, just some different stuff, but really... It is a great record, and I've only heard the remixed version. I haven't heard the original version, so I can't tell the difference. Sonny said it's uh, it's much better. I absolutely love Breaking My Heart Again, just like Sonny. That's a great tune, but there are a lot of great songs on there. I love Unbreakable. I love Wild One. There's just some good stuff on that record for sure. My number three uh, is Armageddon Eyes. Armageddon Eyes, to me, they were experimenting a little bit too much with the melodic stuff. So there were some songs on there that were a little left of center. But overall, it is a great record. I love it. I still listen to it today. I've got several tunes that I I like quite a bit on this one. So I would probably say, not to sound like Sonny, but I don't want to say I'm sorry is definitely one of my favorites. Blood Enemies is great. I actually like Breakdown, which is a little bit different of a type Eclipse song. Breakdown reminds me a lot of Jelly Roll by, oh, God damn it, Blue Murder. Blue Murder. Yeah, by Blue Murder. I couldn't get that out. I had a brain fart, but that's what Breakdown reminds me a little bit about. Do you, do you think that as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, uh, you know, John Sykes was a UK guy, right? So just in the guitar playing, there's some John Sykes all over Eclipse type records, but that's just because the White Snake influence, really. Yeah, and and the production, the way he produces those guitars, uh, right. sounds a lot like that. Coming in at number two, number two and number one, I can't tell you how freaking close this was. It was really, really hard for me to go between Monumentum and Bleeding Scream. It's so freaking close when I came down to the numbers. But honestly, I think <laughs> I think I got to go with Monumentum as my number two uh, record just by an inch. And it, depending on what day you ask me, it's going to be that or Bleeding Scream. I think they're both just superior records, and I love them. My favorite tracks off of monumentum is definitely uh vertigo i love vertigo a lot i love jaded a lot i love born to lead great tune so those are definitely some of my favorites i also like the grinding of black rain which closes out the record just an awesome album and then that brings us to bleed and scream as my top record like sunny said it might possibly be almost a perfect record. I mean, there's so many great songs on this record from the kickoff of Wake Me Up to Bleed and Scream. I love songs like Falling Down and 
the unspoken heroes just great songs battlegrounds in, to me is like a classic eclipse song that was so good live on the boat when they played battlegrounds just so good <laughs> I rank my Eclipse records. If you're a brand new fan coming into Eclipse, I would tell you start at the beginning and just you know go through the records as progression. Uh, if you're already a Eclipse fan, don't be jaded by anything that Sonny or I said about Paradigm. Go out and check it out. You're going to find great Eclipse material on that record. 
this is just how we rank our personal taste with Eclipse. Fair? Uh, totally fair. Love Eclipse. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt. And uh, yeah, Paradigm's a good record. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so that's overall, that's going to do it for this episode. We want it to showcase Eclipse because we think they're a great band. They're not getting enough exposure, so we're going to take every opportunity we can to expose a band like this as well as other bands. Yeah, When we do the Crank It Up Have You Heard episodes, we spotlight some even more unknown bands. But uh, for this particular episode, Sonny and I are sharing our love uh, with Eclipse. Like I told you guys before, go back in the archives and check out the Eclipse episode that we did, I don't know, episode 79 or something like that. I can't remember which episode it was, but uh, it was a great episode as well. And hopefully you guys will check out Eclipse and their catalog, including the latest record, Paradigm. And that's about it. We don't have anything else to say, do we here, Sonny? No, we do not. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the crazy feedback that we'll go over in future episodes because we always get a little bit of crazy feedback for sure. But love hearing from you guys. Thank you and see you later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.